Welcome to the Surf Podcast. Uh, it's great to be back in the studio. Um, today we've got a special guest, um, but as usual, I've got uh, Naman. G'day Naman, how are you? G'day T-Bone, it's good to be back. We're out, out, out of the shed this week. Last week we were in the shed with Adzi and uh, Snake Patterson, and this week we are in T-Bone's home studio, which is, yeah, it's a little different. It's a bit nicer, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And joining us today um, via telephone, so hopefully the uh, yeah the comms are good on this episode. We've got Mark Cliff. So yeah, thanks for coming coming joining us on this podcast today, Mark. Now we just just before we started recording, we were talking about COVID, mate. So how I mean, how has this year sort of been for you, especially over the last six months? Gee, winter at home in third years, boys. So I've got to say, firstly, I'm cold. Let's start <laughs> there. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. normally time of the year, but you know, damn COVID, I, I miss my plane by about three days, so it's different. And uh, and for me personally, apart from being cold, the biggest difference is I can't believe we only get ten hours of sunlight per day <laughs> in the middle of the year. In, you know, the seven o'clock thing to five o'clock dark. I haven't seen that for thirty years, and that freaked me out. <laughs> oh, don't blame me, mate. Endless summer. Is that, are you saying you've had an endless summer for thirty years? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't had a winter. I have almost no cold clothes. So do you own a wetsuit at the moment? <laughs> Look, unfortunately, I do. I own a few yeah. because of, my, you know, my job surf coaching. So, yeah, unfortunately, I do. But generally, most of my life's in board shorts, which is a good thing. Much better option. So <coughs> yep. so I, I understand you were up in Geraldton recently, mate, for the state titles. How, how was that? Was it a good event? It was a good event. I mean, we're at Flat Rocks for uh, two days, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Saturday was a bit of a mission for the kids. It was a little bit lost at sea sort of stuff, but Sunday was perfect, and it just highlights how many little shredders we have in our state. There's a lot of good kids coming through, let's put it that way. Oh, that's great to So what's your actual role for surfing WA, Mark, currently? You, so you're working for them? Yes, I am. Uh, sort of, yeah, I am. Normally six months of the year I work them and then I'm, I'm away. But, um, okay, so I surf coach, um, you know, mainly the uh, the schools come down Monday to Friday here in Perth, so Trig Beach, do that sort of stuff. And my other role is events, which which I love because we go to some awesome spots and we watch surfing all day and um, and my role there is basically the beach commentary, so it's, it's pretty easy and fun. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, just on the surf coaching, Mark, we had um... – uh, another surf coach on on the podcast the other day, Jake Patterson. We're asking him what his sort of main tips would be for uh, just your general everyday surfer. What what, what tips can you uh, uh, impart to improve their surfing? Have you got anything that you can offer? Well, look, I, I guess Jake probably went there as well, and he probably said it's just something you've just got to stick out and you've just got to keep doing. You know, especially when when crews start off. Um, obviously improvements come slowly and uh, some people can get a bit bummed that, you know, they want to be good, but it takes ages and we realise that and, and some kids do learn really fast, others, you know, take a while and it's just, you just got to get down and do it and surf as many spots as you can and don't just be your summer surfer, there's a lot of them out there and, <laughs> and um, you know, basically uh, just persist because, you know, uh, it'll come slowly, but it, it does come, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's good advice. One of the ones, one of the things that Jake was saying was um, improve your fitness. You, you lazy bugger, because a lot of uh, a lot of people go surfing and don't do too much else, especially as they get older. And uh, the yep. fitness and the flexibility just isn't there anymore, and they expect to sort of um, surf to the same level that they did sort of ten, fifteen years ago. 
Yeah, no, that that's a that's a good one. And as we know, as we all get older, um, it's it's very unfortunate how quick you lose your surf fitness and how long it takes to get it back. So best thing is best thing is don't let it drop, team. Just you got to get out there and do the miles. There, there is no other exercise that replicates surfing apart uh, paddling, apart from getting on a board and paddling the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, nice. Damn right. Now, just going back to the state titles, um, so what, what, who are some of the promising juniors that are coming up in, uh, for WA at the moment? Oh, okay. Well, look, without a doubt, hands down, I've got to go Jed Gratison first. He's out of Margaret River. He uh, That was our second state junior round out of three. Yep. He's won the first two, so he's nailed a, another state title for himself. Um, so he'll be leading the charge for Team WA when they go to the Aussie title. So hands down, I've got to say him. Uh, cohort in the 18s, uh, Coral Durant, she's won the first two rounds. She's also the Australian under-18 junior champ current. Well, and also also now our state champ again, so she'll be she'll be uh, heading it up for the girls. Sorry, what's her name, Matt? Coral Durant. Okay, where's she from? Yeah. Okay, there you oh, go. She lives at Red Bluff. You guys, her life is unbelievable. Wow. She lives right in, uh, looking at Red Bluff all day long. That that's her hood with the six God. or seven sisters, and it's amazing. So those two for me, hands down, you know, they're they're outstanding. Classic. And the national titles is that something you you uh go along to as well oh look i used to um uh for probably between 89 and the mid 2000s so almost 17 years i, I coached the state junior team and we we had a lot of lot of good outings you know and a lot of good crew in it and uh, as you were saying earlier about wayne jaggard wayne came with me as assistant coach a few times as part of the, the school surfing side of life um, and that was really cool. We went to the good spots and, you know, awesome. we had victories and we had victories and we had tears of sadness and tears of joy and, and all of the above. But, um, the state junior thing and going to the Aussie titles, you know, I got to see freaking Mick Fanning before he was Mick Fanning, Joel wow. Park and yeah. Steph Gilmore. In fact, I went up to um, Mick Fanning after a heat one day and said, Hey mate, what is your name? <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm going to remember Fanning. that. <laughs> Classic. Enough, I still do. <laughs> so up and coming sort of WA juniors, so they've got the platform uh, to, to launch into the national levels to obviously then one day hopefully get on the on the world scale. Huh? So um, I guess you've probably through your time, you've seen a lot of juniors sort of go through the ranks into to make a career out of it. Yeah, well, obviously, probably the number one name there would be Taj Burrow, yeah. you know, had a fame career and he, he did our, our whole junior thing as well. Um, you know, there were a few other, Yaden Nickel, he was there with us for ages. Um, Melanie Redmond Carr, she did it and went on. Claire Bevilacqua. Um, there's been a number of WA crew that, that have got up there and, and, and made a career out of it. It's, it's pretty hard taking that next step out of being an Australian title and doing it on a world stage is, you know, you're in the big leagues and, um, a few people fall by the wayside at that stage. But, um, you know, your real, real talents shine through and they go on with it for sure. Just yeah, just on that one, Mark. I'm curious yeah. as to um, obviously there would have been a bunch of talented surfers that didn't really go on with it for for whatever reason. Is there a couple that you can name that was sort of right up there as just really real hot rats back in the day that just sort of for whatever reason didn't didn't keep up with it? Yeah, for sure. Look, um, I mean, they might hate me for saying this, but Jay Davies, you know, look, he's he's awesome, and he was always awesome. Um, Found it hard to compete, um, you know, put a rashi on and get the best out of himself with a rashi on. So uh, when he was with Rusty and all that sort of stuff, I think he just went uh, bugger it and went down the, the free surfer road, the, the photo shoot road, and 
vid and clips and all that sort of stuff because um, he was awesome and he still is, but um, struggled to. And I had this conversation with him before. He struggled at times to tell the difference between surfing a heat or doing a photo shoot. And they're chalk and cheese. They're <laughs> yeah. chalk and cheese. Yeah. And anyway, he thought he was doing a photo shoot. So <laughs> he would fall off way too often and let other way lesser surfers beat him. Um, he, he's not the only one. Like Sean Howe was exactly the same. A young guy out of Calvary. He's yep. probably still, I reckon, WA's most underrated surfer. He, he was just crazy good, but far out. He, he just wasn't mean enough and <laughs> to, to cut it, you know what I mean? I, I reckon uh, this one thing we, I've been sort of thinking about and whilst we've been talking to a few people on, on Barrel Surf Podcast is the actual tension and the stress that goes along with competitive surfing. It's... um. It's a whole different beast, isn't it? When you, when you, even in local board riders comps, you, you sort of feel that stress, and I, I guess surfing at a higher level, it must just be magnified. Well, for sure, you know, it, it couldn't be any different from being a free surfer because as a competitor, you, you you're being told where you're going to surf, when you're going to surf, who you're going to surf with, and how long you're going to surf. And now go out and do your very best now in those conditions, regardless <laughs> of what they are. Um, so it is a, it is totally the exact opposite, and some crew just can't. Other little froffers like Tars was the biggest fropper ever. He lived for that stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. He was you almost had to calm him down before a heat rather than try and psych him up. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was bursting out of his wetty moments, you know, an hour before a heat. So he was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, um, like say, 15, 20 years ago and now, do you think there's more pressure for juniors? Like, you Good point. Know, you I, obviously I, see I reckon, a lot of them. Yeah, I, I reckon there probably is, you know, due to the fact that there's now, well, more, well, recent times there was more money in it uh, and probably still is and there's a lot of, you know, second-generation sort of soccer dads, I guess you could say, <laughs> in it to be, to be a bit nasty that kind of want it badly as well. Um, that the bar that has raised really high, you know, when they see what, say, perhaps a, a career like a Mick Fanning or a Taj sure. or a whoever had, and, and everyone wants that. And, and, you know, there's only a certain amount of kids that are ever going to get it. But every kid starts off with that dream, and you can't put a thousand kids into two spots. But that's <laughs> what's going on, basically. And, and it's, it's kind of. Uh, a lot of a lot of people hedge their bets on it. A lot of people realise early that it ain't going to happen, so they move on, which is a wise thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's pressure for sure, and it it can come from you know at home or within. Um, but generally, there's a lot of pressure there because it's a pretty elite sport getting in the top level for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, going back to the soccer dads, have you seen any biffs on the beach? <laughs> Have I seen? Sorry, Are you seen any any biffs on the beach between the so- the, the, the oh, soccer well, dads? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon there, there's been a bit of argy bargy at times. <laughs> look, I, I come from Trig Point, Perth. I, I like to call it the zoo because it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're snappy. Uh, yeah, the world there's there's full of, I guess, you know, a bit of surf rage, and it boils over at times. And um, yeah, but you know that that's been minor in comparison to the good times. So yeah, small doses. Trig point the uh, the zoo yeah it's uh it gets it gets occasionally good days still doesn't it every beach does mate every <laughs> beach boy <laughs> everywhere shines sometimes and even trig point can get pretty good and and this summer wasn't bad as well so uh, you know you just got to live live it and love it so that's it my dad um used to surf trig point in the sixties and he reckons it used to get really good back in the day the he, he reckons yeah, the sand was different. They have, they've messed up with the sand and changed it all and sand dunes and what they've done at Scarborough was a real shame. But anyway, it's not the same. 
So, Mark, you mentioned um, before that you've, you've had the endless summer and you haven't seen a winter in God knows how many years. So, describe me what a typical year was for you, obviously, pre, pre-COVID days. All right. So, I'd, I'd, I'd come home from Indo about October, clock on with Surfing WA, do some surf lessons, um, you know, roll on through your, your, your summer and your Christmas time and, and do a bunch of events, the, the small fries and start doing events, you know. And that was a real busy time coaching for us. So basically, I was putting my head down during those months and just making rupiah, putting it away, making rupiah, yeah. going yeah. to the beach every day, you know, clocking on. Um, and and then basically, I would always nick off right after the Margaret River Pro, whether it was uh, back in the day, a QS event or more recent times, a CT. That was my cutoff point. I'd have a ticket for the next day and I'd go straight up to Lakey Peak yep. and uh, put my boardies on. And, and uh, basically, for the next six months, it was just... 95% of the time, happy days, surfing, having having cold binnies, talking it up with the boys and, and just surfing beautiful, awesome waves and and then um, and, and actually doing a few events with the Indo crew, but, but you know, probably only four or five or six a season and the rest of the time was just feed up, spoiling myself basically. Where are, some of, the, where are some of the locations um, the, where the Indo <clears throat> events are staged? we've gone to some awesome spots to be honest um there's the rip curl cup at padang padang every year that that's a bit of big highlight for the barley crew because that's their their um their go-to spot yeah um but we've gone to um the mentorize three times we've gone to hts twice macaroni's once and the best thing about those those events was because it was sponsored by the government they told all charter boats can't go there for a week beautiful we we for those sort of spots um, you know, with just our crew. The first year at HTs, we had a 24-man draw and a week to run it. <laughs> so wow, uh, That sounds good. Yeah, so, so that was awesome. We also go to um, the Philippines. We've been there five times. That Cloud Nine's pretty awesome. We've been up to the Maldives, um, Scar Reef, Super Suck, awesome. uh, all the good spots around Indo. Nias, Similu, we've gone to some pretty amazing spots and you get paid pretty well. You go with a bunch of sick crew. You you do your thing and you move on to the next one, and and it's a it's a damn fine gig. It's really good fun. Mate, is there any any space for another couple of commentators? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are penciled in. You're penciled in. We just need to get planes out of here first. That's what we got to do. We just did the QS one thousands, mate. We don't need the <laughs> Proud Surf Podcast and on the commentary I'll, team. I'll, I'll pass your names over, boys. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, you mentioned the Philippines, and I uh, I was online last year during the Cloud9 final, and I didn't get to see much of the event. I'm pretty sure that was that was televised, but the final was uh, I can't remember the name. I think it was Pete, uh, Pete Melson and a local surfer. It was the most climatic ending to a final. Do you do you remember that you, you were there? But do you recall the heat I'm think, talking about? No, actually. I, I missed last year's because I was I was in South Africa. I took a, a couple of months out of my regular schedule and went and went somewhere different. So I missed that one. But I've done the last probably four or five seasons before that up there. Um, so I did miss that one, and I didn't see it because I was off probably surfing some some sick waves somewhere over there in Africa. But uh, I missed it, so no comment on that one. Yeah, no problem. Um, just just on the on the Philippines thing, it's. As far as Australian surfers are concerned, apart from Cloud Nine, obviously that's that's fairly well publicised, and I believe there's a bunch of bunch of different waves on that island. Um, 
my cousin had a bit of, bit of block of land over there at one point. But what about, uh, you know, further out from, from sort of where Cloud9 is? Any idea about the, the sort of quality of surf and the number of setups and that sort of thing in the Philippines? Yeah, yeah, there, there are, you know, I've been assured there's, there's spots better than, better than Cloud9. Um, obviously, that is the, the most well-known spot. The thing with the whole Philippines is, is you're going to see everywhere light up once you get your typhoons coming down. Mm. So it's that sort of season, you know, that it can be flat um, for, you know, right in the middle of the season it can be flat. You get a typhoon come down and then all of a sudden, even just in that little zone of, of uh, Cloud9, there'll be 20 really good spots. Um, all the other islands do fire up as well. And, of course, they all rely on, you know, a typhoon spinning off pretty close to the Philippines to uh, to get the swells that light everywhere up. But there's a bit like Indo, there's, there's islands everywhere, there's spots everywhere. And if you've got the typhoon, it's absolutely game on. you just got to have a sniff around, really. So are there, there spots that are sort of known and um, surfed or is it all just sort of uncharted? No, it's surfed. Yeah. It's just, you know... Um, it, People just it's it's not publicised like it is uh, at Cloud Nine. So Cloud Nine for like me is like a little mini, yeah, it's like a little mini cooter at Cloud Nine. There's there's such a party scene. There's waves everywhere. It's a full tourist scene, and it's growing so fast. It's unbelievable how busy it is. So don't go to Cloud Nine thinking you're getting it to yourself. There ain't no things to that. But there are plenty of other options that are as good or better. And then, no, you just got to speak to the Filipinos, get in, get in tight with a couple of the boys, and and they'll let you know where they are. They're, they're really friendly crew, um, but you just have to move off to the other islands and go and have a look. So it's it's not like you're on the beaten track doing it yourself. It's just a matter of get some good advice, follow someone's advice, and and you'll you'll score for sure. Classic, mate. You rattled off some great locations around Indonesia just before. What was yep. what's been your favourite event so far throughout Indo? Like just to be oh, a part of and to, to commentate and, you know, okay. be surrounded well, by, the, by a bunch of crew. I reckon the, the Rip Curl Cup at Penang is a good one because it's a one-day event. We get a result in one day and it's, um, you know, we have a lot of fun. It's sponsored by Bintang, so we're, cool. we're cracking bitty lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a bit loose. And, and that, it, it's one of those specialty events as well where you don't have to be all polite and nice on the webcast. You can, you can cut loose a bit because it's a specialty event. And um, crew, uh, you know, you'll get Mason Ho come on and sit there and drink a beer with you or Wilco or someone and they're having a beer. And, and that's really good fun. You know, that, that's quite a loose event because you, you can sort of almost say anything you want. <laughs> and the beach is obviously packed with uh, girls, girls not wearing a whole lot. Um, Sounds too good. Uh, look, so, well, all so the events so. we go to are awesome. <laughs> The, the Karamas event uh, a couple of years in a row, particularly two years in a row, you know, the CT at Karamas, that was an awesome event. Um, yeah, the, and most of the ones we do, are they're all good in their own way. And we did a trippy one at that Scar Reef where we built floating pontoons because, you know, Scar Reef is 400 metres offshore. Mm-hmm. So we had to build build pontoons that drag out by the boat and we're sitting on a uh, on pontoons in tents judging Scar Reef and a Oh look, it was it was unbelievable that we actually pulled it off. But <laughs> for sure, for sure, the one in but the ones in Bali are, are pretty hectic because it's a every day is a Sunday in Bali. It's always party scene in Bali. How good! <laughs> hey, just on events, um, you, you mentioned Karamas. Were you commentating at the Margaret River event when it was cancelled? Like I think it was like round three and it was cancelled yeah. due to sharks. And yeah. then uh, later yeah. on, they. Uh, they finished yep. the event off in Ulus. What was your thoughts, uh, initial thoughts, when they cancelled the event at that time? When you're 
in marks? Well, it was it was a, a tough one to swallow. I think everyone was a bit in disbelief at first. I actually saw it flashed across the TV at home. I was just getting ready to go down and clock on in the morning, and and I, then I said Margaret Vic Pro cancelled. I went, oh well, it must just be for today. I'll go down and see. And and everyone was just walking out of the meeting, and the, there's a bunch of Brazilians who will remain nameless who walked out. And they were all patting each other on the back. They were the happiest people. It's like they'd won the lottery. They couldn't get out. Of <laughs> a few Mate, of the other you can Aussies. Name them. We, we know who they are. Yeah, a few. Okay, well, Medina and Italo, <laughs> mainly, mainly driving that bus. And um, you know, it was a classic. Dave McCauley's come out of the surf, and and you know, this meeting's going on. Dave and they've called it off. And Dave McCauley's come out of the surf. He was surfing main break with Bronte, having a warm up. Mm-hmm. And he's going, "What's going on?" I said, "It's cancelled." And he goes, "What for today?" And I said, "No, it's off." And he's gone, "Why? <laughs> What's gone on?" And I said, "Well." Your Brazo mates got their mates together and they just said, we ain't surfing, so you can run it without 10 of us or postpone it. And first time ever a CT got shut down that way and, and yeah. off they went and finished it up at Ulu. So, yeah. Probably not not a bad result in terms of publicity for Mark River in terms of, um, yeah, people talking about it. Not not the, the old men in the grey suit situation, but, yeah, certainly, pe- certainly people are talking about it after that. Yeah, and they'll never forget it either, probably for the wrong reason. <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, and a lot of the other pros were still pretty keen to roll on, you know. The, the, that morning, the water could not be more secure. There was eight jet skis in the water, a fisheries boat in the water. We had drones up. Wow. Um, the ocean could not have been more secure to run that day, mm-hmm. um, and yet um, the Brazos had it in their head. They weren't going to surf because it, they don't feel safe. And it's like, oh, righto. So, you know, they, they just didn't want to go out. And, and if I, to be honest, Medina always comes up against the WA wildcard and always gets beaten. <laughs> he does. And, and that, heat, that heat was coming up. So I reckon he saw, he saw an out and went, get me out of WA. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let the truth be known. There you go. Jay right. took him out of the box, didn't he, a couple of years back? He, he, he took out for leap as well, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, look, yeah, yeah. I oh, know Jack. Uh, Jack Robbo took out for late. Oh, yeah, Jack Robbo did. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, Jay. Uh, well, Jay took out Medina one year. Sorry, getting yeah, all Jay nerdy. Davies, getting all Davies nerdy with the uh, stats there. Yeah. So anyway, and then not only that, but John John normally wins there. So Medina saw it as a I'm <laughs> out. Don't take John out. There goes one of his wins, and uh, we'll move on. So. <laughs> ah, unreal. Did. Just just on John surfing, um, it's been well publicised. You know what he was doing at the moment of event. Yeah, you know, does anyone come close to him out there? Oh, look, <clears throat> over the years, you you, you know when when uh, Berez won, um, I thought that was the best surfing I'd seen on the right hander. He was he was doing these amazing power things because that he's just a power monger. Um, uh, another unsung hero out there who does well every year without winning it is Julian Wilson. Yeah. There was a couple of times when it was big on those rights where no one, it was hard to work out who was second best, mm-hmm. but for a couple of days in a row, Julian Wilson, hands down, was the best. Mm. Um, so he was always a standout without winning it. So he'd be an, an unsung hero of that event. Um, Mick Fanning always looked really good out there. But what John did, he, he just for sure, he turned, he got the dial and turned it right up, one or two notches on any anything else we'd ever seen. And... Yeah, there is now daylight to second as far as I, I reckon. 
Yeah, just holding that rail through those turns for so long, wasn't he? And then he was t- turning where no one's ever gone, mm. and um, that was the thing. Everyone was, you know, when Burez won, and you thought that was the best ever. He was just doing more powerful stuff than anyone in the same spots, but just better. But John went to new spots, and it was like oh, unreal. It's about yeah, it was unreal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, geez, I, I really hope that. Um, John John gets back to his best after his knees. Obviously, he's had a bit of time to recoup now, recuperate now. But yeah, be, yeah, you hate to think his best is behind him after two knee recos. Yeah, for sure. You know that, that. You know it'll be testament to what what he can. You know how how fit he is and how good his recovery has been as to if he can, because obviously he set the benchmark pretty damn high. And uh, we all hope he can, obviously, because he can he can challenge anyone in the world. He's that damn good to watch that. Yeah, I'm sure the whole world, I'm sure the whole world's holding their breath right there. Yeah, it's good to watch nice surfers, that's for sure. Yeah. If we uh, just switch back to Indonesia, Mark, um, obviously you've spent a lot of time there, and you've seen a lot of local Indonesian surfers um, throughout your, your time, not only just travelling around, but you know all the different events and stuff. Are we yeah. ever going to see the first Indonesian on the on the CT? Oh, yeah, well, look, we've, I've had this debate many times with crew and, and, and they're still a little way off. I mean, when, when I do events and I see the Indos flaring up and, on waves they know and in boardies and in, in all these good spots, they, they blow me away as much as anyone I've ever seen, right? And you mm. think, why hasn't this happened before? And then knowing Oni Anwar really well, who came to Australia, he's out of Lakey. He's a Lakey boy and original. Mm. And he, he went and he had the perfect in. He, he went to the Gold Coast. Karam Beach, Karumban uh, High School, um, got coached by Mick Fanning's coach at the time, Phil, uh, Phil Mack. Travel halfway around to go somewhere, surf a cold water break, maybe a fat wave, and come last. And they've gone all the way around the world to do it. They, they struggle to travel and surf because they're rock stars at home and they surf perfect waves at home in warm water, in board shorts. It doesn't get much easier, right? Yeah. And then they'll go all the way around the world to surf a crappy beach break or something and come last. And they go, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. That was just dumb. I could have stayed at home being a rock star. Um, and, and so they don't travel that well to cold spots and put the whole mm-hmm. wetsuit on. Mm-hmm. And have to, have to surf crap waves because they never do. And then, you know, they, they do miss their culture. They're very family orientated. So yeah. they miss being away from their families, mum and dad and their mates. Mm-hmm. And the food's not the same and... You know, and they all sound like little tit for tat things, but for Indos, they're big things. Yeah. And and they're still a way off. You know, that the current kid now coming through, who I reckon is the next hot hot shot after Oni was, is Rio Wider. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's a he's a Japanese slash Balinese, uh, and he's super motivated. He's got the the full game, and uh, and he's the next one. But you know, when are we going to see it? Geez, that. Shouldn't be, but I can still still see it. It's it's not just a walk up start for those crew. It's a, they've got too much uh, too much good stuff at home to leave to to really chase it and give it a good go. So yeah, I reckon watch this space. But we might be watching for a while. It's yeah, it's it's an interesting point. Uh, it's, I, I'm definitely with you there on the culture and the family, and um, you know leaving the warm water and the good waves. Um, there's a bit of talk. Well. A lot of talk, I guess, about the new W, uh, the WSL format, where they're going to have a bit more of a regional focus. That could sort of be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a uplifting thing for the Indonesian guys and girls to um, just make do a lot of their qualifying at home. 
Well, it is, and that's what we've been doing for probably, you know, three to four to five years now um, with the ASC, which is the Asian Surfing Cooperative. They're the, they're the crew like Surfing WA, but they run the whole Indo and Asia sort of scene. Um, but they've been chipping away for a while. They, they started doing 1,000s, which are good, and they get crew into the system, and, and, and you know, they start to uh, experience real professional level surfing. Uh, and then 1,500s, you know, so-so. 3000s crewy uh, they started dabbling with crewy being a 3000 and nias was a 3000 last year um and then realistically though you're, you're not going to crack it on the ct by by winning or doing well at those events the, the points are too low yeah yeah it's the 5000s and the 10000s so these crew they get a taste and they can get a leg up and get a rating and if you're in the top 100 obviously then you get to to um compete in that and thousands and those sort of things. But, um, yeah, it, it is good for them. And, they're, they're, you know, the ASC are doing something and they're chipping away at it. But um, unless you can get involved in the 10,000s and and play super high in those, mm-hmm. you're, you're realistically, you're not going to be a top 34 surfer. So, um, once again, it's still a long road to go for those crew. They did, the good thing is, they and they did it with all the regions, is they gave each winner of each region um, a seed into the into the ten thousands, which is what Rio Wider got a few years ago. So he could go to the big events and nice. go there. And, uh, yeah, and so that so they are trying the WSL are trying and and trying to um, fast track you know the the smaller lesser regions, um, and then they go to those ten thousands and get a big gobble up. You know, it's a, that is a brutal brutal thing getting in uh, an event with a hundred guys at that level. That's that's a whole different beast again. So to, to shine in that. You see a lot of CT guys go to those ten thousands and they lose first heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's how hard it is. So a bit of an, it's, a break to your it's ego a brutal there. world. <laughs> it's, it's a brutal world. So that the, the Indo surfers, you know, they go and make a little bit of coin and have a bit of fun time at the smaller WSL events we do, and we have a hell time when we go. And I won't deny that. But um, it's still a long way to go to, to then step into that top thirty-four. That's that's uh, a long way off what we're doing up there. Yeah. Yeah, how how just on on the um local regional sort of areas, how how are the Filipino surfers? How are the what? The Philippine surfers. Oh look, there's a couple of them that are insane, mm. and once again, they're insane. At the you know, Cloud Nine is is kind of a specialty wave. It's it's quite gnarly and it's super sucky. It's a bit like a Bass Bay or a Box or or something like that. It's a pretty full on good wave. It's perfect. The local shine out there. There's a couple of kids that the first time I seen them, I went, "Who is that kid?" Um, and then I've seen them come, and they do as part of the whole Asian surfing cooperative thing. They've come to Window and done a few events. One of them won uh, an event at uh, Super Suck that we were doing. Wow! In uh, in Sumbawa, and um, there's definitely some some talent there that's as good as the top Indos. Um, but then uh, then again, when you talk about the whole big picture of stepping out of that sort of pond into the big pond of 10,000 events, you know, those 10,000 QS events. And that, that is where, where the buck stops for a lot of people because <laughs> they just get gobbled up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievably hard. And I, I guess the uh, WSL are trying to make it a bit easier with the challenger series and this and that, but um, to get on tour, um, you know, there's only 10 spots available every year, as you guys know, 10 fresh spots and, and, Generally, three or four of those are taken up by the CT guys that re-qualify. Mm. So out of your 1,000 QS surfers that follow the circuit all year, potentially six are going to make it. So yeah, there's your number, boy. That's the reality. <laughs> it's, 
Kurita. Message for all the uh, the parents keeping their kids home from school. Put your kids back in school because <laughs> you've got very, very little chance of actually getting them on tour. And then the, then the women's tour is half those numbers again. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's 18, 18 girls that do the big tour and, and 36 men. So it's, it's a tough gig. You've got to be something special. You've got to really be something special. For sure. Hey, Mark, are you across the recent announcement from, from the WSL regarding the, the new tour sort of season yeah. dates? and? The... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, look. What was your initial pen, thoughts? Really. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're supposed to, as you guys realise, we're supposed to have a um, sort of a Grand Slam thing going on in Australia as well. And, and, and Surfing WA... Um, you know, would be running the Margaret River component and, and they're still a bit iffy on whether that's even going to yeah. happen because Mark McGowan and, you know, our borders are shut and mm-hmm. no surf is going to come in and do 14 days in a hotel prior to an event. Yes. You know, no one's that. <laughs> so that's ridiculous. Unless you put some entertainment so that, on for them. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's all penciled in, I reckon, that, that Mark. I'd love to see it go ahead, but I think it's it's a maybe. Um, and then, yeah, next year with the whole, you know, they want to start Pipeline as the first event in December or whatever and roll through. Once again, it's if international airports aren't open and stuff isn't flowing, yeah, you could probably you could probably kiss that goodbye as well, to be honest. Yeah. But at least it's coming on paper and they're yeah. making an effort and there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. We just need the, the tunnel to start rolling, I suppose, before it's all going to happen. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's a good one. I hope so because it's because it's my work, I love it, <laughs> and uh, I love watching that level of stuff. It's it's insane. Yeah, we're we're finding we've uh, you know it's awesome to have people like yourself on the podcast. A lot of our focus in the past has been on talking about the CT events and so forth, and um, yeah, so we've had to do it. I guess a bit of a pivot on the podcast in the last six months. It's it's actually been really good. It's good not yeah, talking about well, the seat the <laughs> WSL for a change. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's it's something I've I've been in, involved in surfing so long that I just love that. You know, my work days are going to a beach, watching insane surfing, and getting paid pretty well for it. So it beats digging holes, which I've never done. And um, <laughs> Jake, Jake had dug holes. Bring it back on, guys! Come on, everyone wants to see it. Hey, I was listening to the lineup podcast of Dave Proden and uh, Pat O'Connell, and they were talking about a. a a location um, to run the September finals, um, you know. And uh, Pat yeah. O'Connell said Lakey Peak. Oh, well, it, I've got to tell you, it's probably Lakey Peak, to be honest. At that time of the year, has more kites dangling in the sky than people rocking around. <laughs> Pat needs to do his so homework, then. If they want to go there and, and, and get some onshore stuff, no worries, boys. Yeah. Go for it. It's a pretty but, fun um, onshore wave, though, Lakey Peak. That's, that's howling, though, isn't it? It is howling. It's a bit WA like. So I mean, if you're trying to trying to showcase the world's best surfers, you don't want to go to an onshore location, boys. So I reckon do your homework there, fellas. You're out of season. Exactly. <laughs> I've sent a message to Pat O'Connell. No, I reckon yes. it's Eli. Eli's going, let's go Licky Peak. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can, but it won't look very good. <laughs> we were there we were there in April a couple of years ago and that was that Fe- was um, uh, February that was good. March, I think it was. Oh, okay, there you go. That was that was nice wins there anyway. Nice no well. But... So um, you mentioned Lakey Peak before, Mark. What's your affiliation there? When did you first go to oh, Lakey Peak? Geez, first time I went there was in 91 and um, basically fell in love with it instantly. It was only my second year in Indo. 90 it's was paradise, isn't it? Year. And it, it was everything. It was on your doorstep. It was pretty easy. Um, 
and I got got fell you know I got to meet all that there was no local surfers there at that point actually the second year I went back in 92 was when the first locals started surfing and then so you got to know the boys from before they before they were boys like Oni Anwar and and anyone from Lakey I knew them before they even started surfing so um I just loved the waves the local crew were really cool um and I just had so many good times and so many good memories there. I kept going back there. In fact, there were times when I would spend my whole visa, my whole trip would be one day in Bali at the start, one day at the end, and 99 days in the middle of Lakey or something like that. It was ridiculous. I didn't go anywhere. I just parked up there and surfed those waves. So I fell in love with it, and I got to know them all really well and, and you know, their tides, their conditions, their, their everything, and all the local boys and ran a few surf comps for the local boys, started the sort of Lakey Peak board riders and we did all that for 10 or 15 years and and it was really cool and I've got lifelong friends there and and um, it, it's it's meant a lot to me, that place. You I must actually be brought, missing it, mate. I am. Yeah. I'm missing it so hard. I, I, um, I can't believe it. And, and to top it all off and a bit of salt in the wounds, I have having an absolutely smoking season. <laughs> oh, no. I know. Yes. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hurting, boys. It's hurting. Last time, I, last time we were there, um, I've been a couple of times. I, I absolutely love it over there, but we had a pretty yeah. small swell for most of the time, so we ended up going over over across the bay. Um, what was that place? Oh, I can't remember. Magic Island. Mag- yeah, Magic yeah, Island. Magic, <laughs> Magic Marchie, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's right there. But there's a lot of options, you know, and you get your big swells. You got the other end of the island where you got you know that that super suck beast and scar reef and. You know, there's a it, put it this way. Indo's just got a lot to like, and there's every island's got its magic, and and Sumbawa just sort of uh, got me a long time ago, and it it's my second home. So I'm I'm happy to call it my second home. I love it. Have yeah. you got any um, uh, expat friends that got stuck there or or living there? In yeah, Indo at the yeah, moment? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's people I know that are there right now, and um, you know, a lot of guys started doing what I started doing, which was the whole season. Um, and you know, so people go when you go. You go into window for six months. I go, oh, who are you going with? No one. What do you mean, no one? Aren't you going to be lonely? You go, no. All I've got to do is get there, <laughs> and I've got my other family. I've got all my other mates, which might be American, Kiwi, whatever, Hawaiian, whoever, and and they do the same thing I do. So it's just our meeting spot, and then we just go and clock on and clink a few beers and pull into a few pits and 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 giggle for six months because we're living the life. It's unreal. It must be pretty special this season, surely, with with obviously a whole lot less people out there. Yeah, I wish I was there. I'll bet. I wish I was there. <laughs> so do we. So do we. Just take my me little mate now. Barrel, my little mate Joey Barrel, who I brought to Australia half a dozen times, he's probably the, the world's best tube rider. Rings me up, rings me up, and goes, "Hey, uh, I've just been surfing Lakey Peak, six to seven foot." With one other guy, oh, no. and when we came in, there's there's now no one out there, mm. and I'm like, oh thanks. <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible me, waste. He's got a hundred meter barrel out at Nungas, and uh, he was the only one out, and I'm just like, oh my. That's God. hard to take. Yeah, so hundred meter barrel. Yeah, you hang up the phone. You just about got to reach for a tissue because you got a tear in your eye. Because sure. <laughs> um, you know how good it is, you know, and you're not there. So anyway. Hey, just going back to events on the tour, um, Crummus, um, were you surprised that Crummus got taken off of the schedule? Well, if, that's if we do run um, next year, but now we've got obviously G-Land. Um, yeah, well, well, there was a few crews squealing about, you know, too many rights on tour, 
not enough lefts. You're in you're in Indonesia, you know. Um, they, a, weren't a couple Brazil- of crew- they weren't Brazilians, were they? Haven't both on tour, surely. They may have been goofy foot Brazilians. But, yeah, and then some crew didn't really rate Karamas, you know, like. What? But we got it smoking. We got it smoking. These last couple of years have been pretty bloody good. Every year, it's amazing. Yeah, and and but it is a bit tidal, so it does yeah. wig out. And mm-hmm. if you're in those late beats, and you might get it on 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 its way out when it's when it's been a bit silly, it it can be kind of horrible. But you know, it makes sense. Gland's right there. It's that close. It's you can just about see Java from Bali on a clear day, and it, it's you know one of the world's best lefts. And I was pretty pumped on going there. To oh, be honest, been, and been an you know, you're Put it this way: the footage coming out of there will just will, will be amazing, and it will it will blow blow the footage of Crumus out of the water. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Who, who are you tipping? Um, you know, if if it was to run, who are some of your favourite surfers on, on tour that you, that uh, you would predict that would uh, be in the finals day? Man, to be honest, I was really looking forward to seeing Jack Robinson out there. Um, I know how good he is on his backhand in pits and of any, you know, waves of consequence. And uh, for someone that's untrialed out there or whatever, look, I, I reckon he could just walk straight up and, and just blow people away first heat. Uh, so I was looking forward to that. But you've got all your goofies, obviously, you know. Medina is a tube hound and, um, you know, there's a bunch of guys. But, uh, Owen Wright, there you go. There's a good goofy on his forehand. Good Aussie goofy footer. Uh, yeah, I reckon, I reckon everybody would have just, you know, it's a matter of, yeah, it would have just been insane. Let's let's just put it that way, yeah. guys. We're, we're speculating it just would have been insane. But everyone, if you can't get two good waves out there in your heat, you're, you're something, blind. something wrong. What about for the women, Mark? Oh, the women. Okay, so let me let me think about that. Um, probably your goofy footers. Jeez, I don't know. We've that's, got that's a favourite here hundred. on the Barrel Surf podcast, but uh, I'll let, see if you come up with the same one. Okay. Um, She's got a she's got a father who was a pro surfer back in the day. Oh, okay. She so we talking mind, coach, She doesn't mind okay. juicy lefts. As, no, no, Gracetown locals. Oh, hang on, Bronte. Yeah, yeah. I just saw her. That's a good call. I just seen her up at Nalu about a month ago, and she was charging. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, the goofy foot, goofy foot girls. Um, you know, it's going to test a lot of them because that speedy, speedy section is, oh, geez, next level if you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the pain. Yeah. Um, but they did, they did work around some good tides. The dates they picked had the good high tides in the Arvo, so they, they'd done their homework there. Um, that would have been really good to see as well. I reckon the advantage goofy foot um, on a wave like that. So the goofy foot girls, I reckon. Would Caroline Marks, maybe. Yeah, Caroline. Yep, it would have been awesome. And then, the pity, and, I hope we get next year. Yeah, 100%. And now they've thrown uh, Tahiti on, on, the, on the circuit for the women's Ooh. for next year, which is going to be interesting. Ooh, we sort of favour Bronte. <laughs> yeah, interesting is a word that springs to mind. It, it could either fail. If, yes. If it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a gutsy move by the WSL, but 100%. I mean, it's not always. It's not always big and nasty, and, and they just got to be hoping that, you know, they don't get a code red thing roll through when they're trying to do the women's or something because um, it could go either way. If it, if it gets too big, um, you know, they've got to be a bit careful with that one. But not to discredit the ladies, I'm sure they'll get out there and have a go. It's just one of those messed up waves, I think, that um, you've got to pay a lot of respect to. you got to look after the health and safety of your athletes as well, though, don't you? So it's, um, yeah, 
be yeah. careful. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's an awesome wave to watch. So I'm sure it'll be a spectacle either way. But I reckon at six foot, you know, up to six foot, it's, you know, it's it's not the beast. So if they got it like that, it'd be happy days. It'd be unreal. Sick. Hey, mate, going back to your commentary days, or, or hopefully you'll be a lot more of those days to come. Who's yeah. who's the most funniest bastard you ever shared a commentary <laughs> booth with? Well, I reckon uh, Sean Doherty was a good one. Sean O. He's got some Neil Ridgway. insight, hasn't he? Sean Doherty. Yeah, yeah. Neil Ridgway back in the day when he was running tracks, he, he was quite funny. Um, uh, who else have I done? Jeez, I don't know. There's a lot, been a lot of good guys. Matt George, who when, when I do the uh, Rip Curl pro with he's a he's a wealth of knowledge i love sitting there and talking story with matt because he he knows everything about everything so he he was he was pretty cool he's the encyclopedia um, of surfing yeah he totally is mm. I, I could say one subject to him and he's done it being there being shot at <laughs> by the Taliban, being a navy seal he's a paramedic he's <laughs> oh my god he made us made a hollywood movie he, he's pretty funny um yeah i've worked with a lot of good people that's it's it's been uh you, you learn from all of them as well even Jake Patter, you know, we've sat in there together. Oki sat in there with Oki. He's he was quite funny. He oh. says it as it is. Yeah, Jake Patter did actually have a bit of time in the booth, even for the WCT. Uh, mm. And then um, I don't know what happened. Yeah. We actually forgot to ask Jake. He that said question. something a little controversial and got the uh, the old heave ho. Yeah, I think he did. I think him and uh, him and another guy uh, took took it a bit far at the cooking <laughs> program. Da- Damien Farnfort. <laughs> okay. Got a bit off track, and I think the WSL, like, you know. Like, like I was saying earlier, you know, they like to be everything a bit, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's. And, and I think they, they didn't dot or cross. And, Doesn't sound like <laughs> and, But I'm inside of the ledger. Do you listen? To, I mean, you've obviously, I mean, you, you're some of the CT events you mentioned that you commentate. So you're on the, on the beach commentating. Do you sort of have yep. time to listen to the commentators like Potts and Joe Tapel and all those sort of guys? And if not you really. no, okay, I was going to ask yeah, you um, at, if you have no, a, yeah, not at the events I'm working on because we're we're doing the exact opposite thing. We're talking sure. to the crowd and the surfers, and they're in a booth doing it for the TV. Yeah. So I don't ever get that. when I have a heat off. We're either doing a beach interview with 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 the surfer that won, or you're up having something to eat or trying to wedge a slide beer or something like that. You don't go and sit near a TV and watch no, more that's of right. it. You, just having a, a quick breather and a break, and a, and then you're back in back in the booth yourself. So at those events, I don't. Um, but you know, you can always watch the replays later on if something's really good and you you want to you want to see it. But all all the other events I do, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, nice. It sounds like you you don't mind the occasional beverage, um, Mark. So we might have to get you down here to be a co-host on the show, and we'll, we'll show you some of the local craft beers in the area. <laughs> Beauty, let's let's do that. What, yes, yeah. When are you when are you down next? <laughs> we'll have to schedule something. Well, in. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm always down south a fair bit. Actually, I've got a house in Margaret River, but I'm mainly up the other end. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm down there a fair bit. That's good. I hey, love love the sailors. Just on just on the area, Margaret River, the, just Western Australia in general. Um, top three all time Western Australian surfers, Mark. We'll start with male. In your view, you've obviously seen a oh, lot. In your time, yeah, okay, okay. We've got to go straight up with with Taj. TB, yeah, yep. Um, and then, you know, for what he's done and and everything in his life, Jake Pato would would have to be right there next because, you know, he did he didn't as a junior he wasn't you didn't see that career coming really. Mm-hmm. He d- didn't whole lot as a junior Australian junior, and then he got on 
onto the big league and and stepped it right up and wow the things he's won uh, I don't know whether you can use the word overachiever but I my think, God he blew everything yeah he, he did, did, you know and and it's not often you can ever use that tag and it's not in disrespect of I think so he's even comfortable with that term yeah um, and then then Burge is I don't know. Um, I've sat there and had beers and had chats and, and done commentary with Kanga and, and he'd kill me if I didn't put his name in there. So <laughs> I better throw Kanga out there. How about that? Ian Kanga Cairns, in case you, uh, you're new to surfing and listening to Barrel Surf Podcast, he's a bit of a West Australian legend, Ian Kanga Cairns. Yeah. yeah. got to spell it out to some people sometimes. And then what, if we're talking girls, and this, this name gets overlooked a lot, um, Melanie Redmond Carr. I mean, she nearly won a world title. She, I think she finished second some or third people, in the world at some one year. Some she's some per second. Yeah, she won like three events out of four to start a year off, and, and it was it was hers. And then just had a, a shocking back end. And and um, some people don't even know that name or remember that name. Or when press releases get done, her name gets left off the list. And I will always put it on the list and go, "You guys, you forgot Melanie." And uh, oh yeah, you know, and I put every other yelling up surfer's name on there except hers. And she can go a bit under the under the radar, so I'm going to say Melanie. Nice. She's still uh, then, surfing a lot and still surfing really well in the area. Yeah. And then Claire Bevelacqua for what she did and just the person she is. She's, she's unbelievable. And, I, and I'm going to have to go Bronte as well. So, But Jodie Cooper, let me know. There's four. I'll give you four. There you go. We'll take four with Jodie Cooper every day of the week. Nice. Nice yep. list. Yeah. Classic, mate. And um, I've just lost train of thought what I was going to uh, ask you. Um, just going back to the WSL and I guess the, the mid-season cutoff, um, we've had plenty of discussions on the podcast. We, we think sometimes it, it just, the heats just drag out, the event's too long. What's your thoughts on the mid-season cutoff? Um, yeah, so I think they're going to do, I think they're going to do it differently this time, aren't they? They're going to drop a few crew and not add crew. Is that? That's is right. That, yeah. Okay. So. It, it can be a bit like that, and and I think also where they're going going with all that is that you can squeeze an event into a, a swell a bit easier. Yeah. Um. You know, because some swells are, are two banging days, but you need say three or four to finish a a full blown. Whereas if it was wasn't the full blown numbers, you could make the most of a two day banger in in your twelve day window and absolutely nail it. So hard, it's hard for the kid guys that do get kicked out, um, but I see where they're coming from. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, that one. You'd hate to be one of the guys booted off after struggling and trying so hard to get on. So that, that seems a bit unfair. But to, and a lot of, and to be honest, a lot of the time, though, those, those back-end guys, they don't feature. They don't get up there and feature in a semi or a final or a, you know. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I can see why they're doing it. And I can see how bummed you'd be if you were the guy that's, guys that got cut, guys or girls that got cut. But, um, you know, they've never done it before, so we haven't seen it before. The last time they, they did that cutoff, they actually added new crew, so the numbers were still the same. Remember when they did that a few years back? Yep. Yeah. yeah so, yep. um, so this is the first time they've ever done that and culled the field and just taken, like, less people. Uh, and I reckon it could work when you go somewhere and, and you get it really, really good and you, you squeeze your event into two days. Hey, presto, there you go, and package it up nicely and it looks unreal. <laughs> straight yeah. straight to the uh, the video room. Um, just yeah. on that, Mark, you've obviously been, um, you know, present at a lot of events, probably hundreds of events over the years. 
do you have a sort of ideal format that you would like to see the the uh, WSL sort of adopt for that in terms of rounds and how many surfers and that sort of thing? Um, look, I, I think you know it. It was getting a little bit how you going when they had the um, the non loser round and um, you know and, and years ago it used to be the top forty eight and that was a bit drawn out as well. So yep. I think you know it, it because it, you you not many guys at the back end of the field get up and win or, or place highly um but the more elite yeah i don't know i think they're going pretty good um at the moment those two and three man heats are quite exciting the overlapping sometimes is quite good to watch because just more waves get ridden yep which as, uh, as spectators is a good thing two man heats can get a bit boring because they let a lot of waves go they let a lot of freaking good waves go and mm. <laughs> it can do your head in um to, to see that they're not you know that They'll get really selective, and sometimes you'll see three or four ways ridden each, and it can be that can be a bit bit annoying if if the surf's pumping or rip, whatever. Yep. Um, I, I think they're going pretty well, but um, you know the the man on man stuff is you know one surfer in and do or die is really good. Um, you know that that man on man stuff is is where it's at. So I, I think they're going pretty good, and yeah, and if they tweak, you know, it's, it's, and we're always learning with this thing, and they're going to tweak their format and do this you know, um, culling halfway through the season. Let's see how all that goes before we, we really know whether it's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's I think it's going to be a good thing. And I, I, I personally feel that there shouldn't be any non-elimination rounds with the, the way that swells work. And, you know, we all, we all surfers, we all know how that, that works in terms of two or three days at a mark. So get rid of the non-eliminations, I reckon. Yeah. Either way, I love it. Bring it, bring it back on. Bring it back on, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just switching to uh, more of a local flavour, the Taj Small Fries, you mentioned that before, Mark. So you've been a part of that event um, with Taj for a, for a while now? Yeah, I think I think we've clocked up 15 years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've done 15 years Time of that. Flies. Or Unreal, well Time done. Flies. That's that's amazing, Matt. And, um, you know, we're, we say it every year too, some of the, some of the crew that have been and come and had a look at that event. And I remember the first time sort of Tars come down, we had a honeycombs bank that's going nuts. Tars sat down and watched. And that year we had Ryan Callanan in it. Um, it was uh, Jack Robinson, Jacob Wilcox, those guys he'd never seen. Matt Banting was in it. And we're on this smoking bank. And Tars is like, who are these guys? They <laughs> <laughs> were going nuts. He didn't even know about the two boys from Margaret River. And then you had your Banting and your, and your Ryan Callanan. Um, and that event, you know, um, Jack Freestone's been there. Solly Bailey's won it. Awesome. Um, there's been crew that have come there and just gone on to have the best careers that came and had a crack at, um, you know, the small fries, mainly purely because they were billabong surfers and they'd lug them over and, and bring them over and highlight their team. But, um, gee, we've, we've had some some blockbuster performances at that event. It's been, it's been insane. I didn't realise that Ryan Cullinan was there. That's That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been some big names. You know, Jeez, he can surf, like can't he? And that. And you're, you're talking to them as pups and you're going, what's your name again? <laughs> it's Jack. What's your last name again? Jack Freestone. Like, all right, all right. You go, all right. I'll have to remember that too. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's been a good fun event. So just on WA Surfers, you mentioned Jack Robo before. Obviously, yeah. he, um, he's qualified for the tour whenever we do start. 
Um, yeah. Not sure if Jack's getting coaching, uh, Mark. But if you, I don't know how well you know Jack. But if you, if you were to be his coach, mate, what what, what were some of the things that you'd like to work with on Jack? Because obviously it's going to be the well, big no. the big stage, and there'll be probably a lot of expectations on young on the young fella. I think. Well, he's got. Um... Matt Bemrose in his corner, who's, who's the, the Volcom team manager, and he's been travelling with him last year. And you can already see, and these were the areas Jack needed to improve in, was his uh, as a competitor, all right? He was a mind-blowing a, a mind surfer. You put him in a heat sometimes, and he wouldn't really, you know, be able to get the best out of himself. I think having Matt Bemrose in his corner, who's, who's that Volcom team manager, has, has addressed that, and he's competed much better. He then, I think, really took his small wave surfing to another level, which was his next probably major little hurdle, Achilles heel, um, and they've addressed that. So when you watched him at Manly and that this year in small waves and, and a few of those events, you could just see this extra spring in his step. I, I, don't know whether it was his, I don't know whether it was his boards or what he's done or whether they just worked hard on that. But, you know, he, he's got his big gnarly tube waves down pat but his other uh, areas he needed to work on was being a good competitor and his small wave act. And I think it looked like they were right on track until we got the, the rug pulled out from under us with this whole flu. Mm. But um, I, w- I would say he was looking cherry ripe to go out and, and start off in, in pretty famous fashion, to be honest. He definitely proved a lot of critics wrong because there was a lot of commentary out there saying Jack's only going to perform in the heaving left-hand barrels. But I guess making a pretty good statement at the start of the year um, that he has that he can surf small waves just as good as you know anyone else. So um, yeah, we yeah we were definitely looking forward to his uh, first year, his rookie year on the on the tour this year. Um, just on the tour, you know, if we ever do run the tour, what sort of events do you think Jack will um, sort of excel in? I mean, apart from all the heaving lefts and small beaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously he'd be hoping for those code red swells everywhere he goes. <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably lick, licking his lips at Chopu and then Pipeline, obviously, he goes well oh, in those yeah. waves. And then, like I mentioned, I, I was just so looking forward to seeing him at G-Land. And I said that to him when I saw him. I said, I can't wait to see you at G-Land. He just, he just sniggered because he knows. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. didn't ever say anything. He just sniggered. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, look, and, and, you know, some of those events, they do go onshore. Sometimes you've got to have onshore heats. And he's got, he's got a good air game. He's, he's, he's kind of got a good package, which you've got to have at that level. But, um yeah, I, I reckon I was just looking forward to seeing him at every event, to be honest, just to see how versatile he actually is and, and, and where his improvements and how his improvements are, are going to stack up. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, we're all super excited to say that. I think, you know, uh, the, the sky really is the limit, especially seeing his small wave game has improved so much. What about, yeah. um, you were speaking about Nali before, um, I think perhaps up at the same time that um, Bronte was there, Jacob Wilcox was up there. Did you see him up there? Oh, my God. I came back and, you know, crew were going, oh, so who was ripping? I said, well, Jacob first best, Jacob second best. Third best, <laughs> fourth <guy>. best. <laughs> he was like, he, he knows that wave inside out, man. And he, you can just see the time he's put in. And um, he was he was mighty impressive, let, let's just put it that way. And so... Uh, it was a pleasure to see what he would, could do out there in that that heavy those you know heavy waves because the the swell direction wasn't quite right and it was being a ugly and nasty and 
he was on all the big ones and he was going he was going really well he had so an... I, I, I reckon there's a spot for him on that ct2 eventually and we've we've spoken together about that i reckon i reckon now jack's made it i reckon that's probably just the uh the cattle prod he needed to go right <laughs> it's my turn <laughs> <laughs> oh, i mean how's it how's the clips him inside uh isaac jones have been putting out they're, they're putting out some amazing footage unbelievable here, here, yeah. mate. We we were following his um, last, like last year now, and he had a great sort of back end on the QS and got some great results. And then he came into Hawaii, and we we're thinking, "Geez, Jack, uh, Jacob's going to qualify here." And I think the heat against Kelly was the the bit the big difference that sort of stopped him from actually qualifying onto the CT. So yeah, um, it looks like like you say now, Jack's on. Made made the big leagues. It'll give him an extra spark to um yeah to to qualify on his own right. Yeah, he, yeah. To be honest, he was probably a heat off. I think he was only yeah. fifteen hundred shy or something. And and at those big big point events, those ten thousands, you know, one extra placing is about a thousand points at the top end. You know, so Kelly Slater did one turn so, to so get past close. him. He was so so close, and and he can he can probably see that he saw the finish line. And he's had a taste of the finish line, and now he's just got to get over the finish line. I reckon he's he's primed as well. So, it put it this way: if, if someone like, and I know Morgan Siblick quite well, and and he's a he's a he's a good Aussie surfer, but mm-hmm. I mean, Jacob, there he'll he'll see that Morgan qualified, and go well, Cal, if he can do it, and Jack from my hometown's done it, <laughs> and he he'll he'll have his belief right there. He'll oh, know man. that he can get. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I haven't watched a lot of Morgan Sibilic, but um, yeah, he looks like a, you know, he's got a great style and he's got some great fundamentals. But I think Jacob might seem a bit more dynamic in the water. Um, so, don't know so if, that's, I, I, if that's been biased, but yeah, no, I I, rec- I, I agree, and 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 um, and Jacob is also just a competitive animal, and and he's he's really got a lot to like about the way he serves, and his variety is is seems quite endless these days and and morgan to me is like a, a connor coffin meat, similar in meat, stat, potatoes sort of thing just heavy rail work um you know that sort of guy but i think jacob's got a little bit more more in the tank as far as variety and and a little bit more x factor maybe so a little bit of I spicy wa action i reckon you can get there so um mark so the next few months mate what's What's on the cards for yourself um, in terms of like yeah. surfing contests and just? All right. Well, I, I just hope it doesn't get any colder, to be honest, because I've had enough. Then <laughs> 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 um, I just we we do have some events on. We've got uh, I don't know, um, you know, some more of these state rounds to bang out and get a result in, across all those divisions. And then um, we we were to have a couple of WSL events here, and you know the Cape Naturalist Pro and of course the Mandrel one, but they're going to fall over. So it's chipping away with a bit of coaching, mate, and the good old job keeper. I'm I'm quite happy with that. That's uh, keeping me quite quite in in repair. And <laughs> so I'd like to thank I'd like to thank the government for that. I thought I had happy days on, Thanks, on the Scotty. I had a lot of years with those guys, but the job keepers. He's done all right, eh? uh, You're on the you're on the elite <laughs> schedule. Free no. surfer. Well, look, I did. I did have ten years with Bob Hawke and the team, so I, I reckon <laughs> I was qualified to be on the job keeper. So I, I reckon that was the first person they put on. 
Hey, Mark, if you ever do make it um, down our way, and uh, yeah, love to know because um, we we sort of do podcasts uh, every couple of weeks, and um, yeah, it'd be uh, you, you're a wealth of knowledge, mate. You, you, you can sort of you can sort of hear the the passion and how much you love about surfing and your involvement over the years. So it'd be great to to get you actually in the studio sometime so we can have a beer. Yeah, that'd, well, be, that'd be awesome. Well, the beer call kind of got me, I think. So <laughs> long as you could do a few of those and they're icy cold, I reckon I could probably swing past yelling up. Sounds awesome, <laughs> mate. Hey, we're probably going to wrap it up, Mark. So I just want to say thanks no again for coming on. Um, yeah, it's been great to have a chat with you. And, uh, you know, I just hope everything uh, everything clears up and, you know, hopefully next year a lot of people have, can get, get back to their lives and, and doing what they love to do. Certainly, mate. I reckon I'll swim to window next year. I'm not doing two windows at home. That's it. I'm in uh, control. Yeah, so mate. Thanks for watching the Barrel Surf podcast. You guys have been awesome. Good fun, good times. And as you can see, we, we could talk about this stuff all day. We so could, now, mate. We love it. We just love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat and uh, getting to know you a bit better. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you down this way. And um, yeah. Thanks again and, and speak to you soon. Good stuff, boys. Thanks, A. That was fun. Cheers, bud. Thanks, mate. Bye. Woo.